What's up, guys? It's Natalie, the Traveling Light, and today I wanted to come on and say hello because I haven't podcasted in quite some time, and I wanted to share with you guys why I officially chunk the deuce on the modeling industry. And for those of y'all that don't know what that means, that means goodbye, see you later, throwing up the deuces. Um, I retired. And this podcast is a very open and real conversation about why that is. This episode is rooted in love. This episode is rooted in my truth. This episode is rooted in my experience. You can kind of think of this podcast as a relaunching of the Traveling Light podcast because I haven't podcasted in so long and I want to start doing it a little bit differently. My good friend Tanya came on and interviewed this episode so that I can just flow so that she's asking questions from an outsider's perspective, just so that my listeners can get a well-rounded listen on my experience. Sometimes when I'm sharing, I only scratch the surface because I know what I'm talking about and people like me understand, but not everybody has modeled. So I thought it would only make this conversation better if I had my girl help me. Tanya is also part of the Traveling Light community. She's a meditator. She's a seeker. And I'm just so lucky to have so many people um, on my side that are willing to help me with projects like this. So, so much gratitude to her. So much gratitude to you. And let's get this party started. Hey Natalie, how's it going? It's going fantastic, Tanya. Welcome back to Houston. What have you been up to since you've been back? Um, to be honest, I have been so focused on getting my business started and becoming the businesswoman that I aspire to be. And I've been kind of lame. Like I quit drinking. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm a grown up now. Oh, you're a grown up. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you have officially left the fashion industry. Yes. But, uh, it's, that's exciting. You're changing your life. Um, tell me about, so I know that you're doing your spiritual practices and stuff, but I want to go back to what got you started in the fashion industry to beginning. Um, so I experienced my first breakup ever and I thought my world was over and I was super, (laughs) no, so silly, like, um, so dramatic and I don't know. But my mom, I, can't I, just, do this anymore. I just can't even think about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my mom came into the house with like a flyer that she had and got in the mail um, that was like, learn how to do makeup at this modeling school. And I was already so 
um, immersed in makeup. Like I used to just read magazines and like copy everything I saw. So um, I signed up and then they also did like modeling classes. So I became obsessed with that whole industry and um, started applying myself to agencies. And I was told I was too fat all along. And I just worked even harder every time I heard that. And then I um, eventually signed to an acting agency because they were like, you're too fat to model, but we'll take you for acting. And through that agency, I met a guy that had connections with agencies all over the world. And after that, it was like three months after meeting this guy, I was living and working in New York City. Wow, that's fast. Um, and that's such a young age to be, you know, uplifting your entire life to move to the big city. It's like totally. the dream for so many. Take me through, like, what was an average day of work like for you? Yeah, so um, I would go to castings, and I started modeling in New York at age 19, um, and I started working immediately. I would go to castings, and they would line up the girls, um, depending on, like, their size, the skin of, or the color of their skin, um, the color of their hair, and we would all line up and go into the room and just like as if we were like cattle and we'd go into the casting room and the brand, the head of the brand would, um, you know, the casting director or somebody from that specific brand would basically judge us and say, oh, this brunette over here looks great. Or, oh, this brunette, um, you know, she's to this or that. And basically it would be like one minute or maybe five of being judged hardcore. And then you basically change your clothes and leave. It's like, okay, I'm done now. Time to like, you don't even need to talk. Yeah. Just like, here's my, (laughs) here's my body and my face and bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And you just like put your clothes on and walk away. So weird. Um, yeah, no. I'm like, how's that normal? <laughs> it's definitely for people who haven't experienced it and don't know about the industry or things related to it. They're like, okay, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you moved to New York. You're 19. You're a model now. D- did you know many people moving there? No, I um I had one high school friend that I knew moving there, but, um, we weren't that close previously. So he was like the only person I knew, but it was pretty much alone. Like I moved there, um, into a model apartment with like 13 other models. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I got an Airbnb and like a warehouse that was like so cold in the winter of New York. <laughs> um, and then eventually I got like a proper apartment. I'm just like imagine you in this like little tiny New York apartment, <laughs> freezing, like so oh dramatic. <laughs> I barfed. I barfed from alcohol poisoning for the first time in that apartment. Just oh like a fun God. fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that gets us to the New York nightlife, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that is a fun fact. Of um, you know how how was you know how was life in New York just in general without the modeling situation tell me about the nightlife and things like that what kind of (laughs) situations would you be in like involved in 
Yeah. So I would always go to the club. Like I would get invited. (laughs) I'd get invited by like a promoter and it would just be like a table full of models. And then we would go because we'd get free drinks and appetizers. Um, Why not? Like, you know, like getting a little appetizer at 1am, like not gross at all. Um, (laughs) um, At the table, there would be like old creepy guys to like, basically this promoter would bring like young hot girls to like make these old rich guys happy. And it was so grimy and so disgusting, but we would get into like, like the tip top, like bat, like right there with athletes, right there with like celebrity, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and you're young, so you're not really noticing it either. You're just like, all right, like dude's old, whatever. Yeah. I must be here because my personality is great. Like, I'm yeah, just made it up. like these, the celebrities and like basketball players are here. Why, why shouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's definitely in a situation, you know, going into it at such a young age. Yeah. I remember like, the first time I, uh, sorry to cut you off. I remember the first time I went to one of these clubs with a promoter and other models, I woke up the next day with like <laughs> a literal like random high heel shoe in my purse. <laughs> in your purse? Oh was my it God. mine? <laughs> Did you ever find whose it was? No. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to know. Um. <laughs> what is, so I guess the real question is, Natalie, what did you do with the shoe? <laughs> Um, I, you know, I kept it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just left <laughs> it. reminded it. me of my best nights in New York. <laughs> it's like some Cinderella shit. Um, <laughs> I just like left it behind, you know, very sad. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so you're starting out, you're obviously having fun. Um, what, what's one thing in the beginning that, you know, you wish that you would have known that kind of would just made the just life easier for you. Um, if you're miserable, maybe you should do other things with your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's very that's very good advice. <laughs> um, so I've heard a lot of things about you know models and their agents, and it has to be a pretty close relationship that you're having there. Um, can you just tell me how is that experience to be able to you know basically you're trusting this person with your life, your money, and your body literally? Yeah, um, <clears throat> the first agency I signed to was a bit of a shit show. Um, they would be like women's empowerment, like, like so pro woman, but on the inside, they were treating a handful of girls, myself included horribly. Like I would go months without getting paid and they would just gaslight me. Um, they would like know that I was putting everything into this career, Um, and they would still be like, you need to work harder or you need to look cool. Um, you don't look cool enough. You try too hard. Cool enough. Yeah. Like you don't look cool enough. They would look (laughs) like street style, like, 
<laughs> like Fila with like Adidas pants. I don't even know what's cool. Like, to be honest, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's exactly the point. All right. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. Tell me more. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just remember me being like, so like eager to do better and take their advice so that I could grow. And I would say, you know, like, what can I do to improve? And they would basically just tell me, you know, like, you have so much, so much, so much inner work to do. Like, you're so desperate, like, just like put me down anytime that I, you know, would ask for, would ask for um, any, you know, their opinion, but sometimes it would come even when I wasn't even asking. So, um, yeah, I would just get like nasty emails about me, um, that they would say, um, just like they would literally make comments about my, my mental health and stuff like that. How did that make you feel knowing that, you know, that's not even a part of your body that, you're being judged for that, you know, your work is as a model who's being photographed. What does that have to do with your message? Exactly. Thing, Cause know? I would basically try to chase a check like money that I was owed, or I would say, you know, I'm not happy. I wish you guys would push me for better jobs um, because I don't see sunlight. Like you guys only get me like the lowest of lowest internet jobs. And I don't, I don't go see the same, uh, brands that like other models do. Like, can we have a conversation about that? So instead of being productive and being like, okay, let's build your brand. They would say, Oh, like you just, you're so spoiled. Or they would say things like, I got an email saying like, you're like a fragile little bird and we're so worried about you because, because I did share with them that I have anxiety. So they would just like, you know, use my, my own mental health and like completely like exploit it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fact that you said I have anxiety, which so many people have. And that's so disappointing because, you know, these agents are almost like your mentors in a way that you have to kind of like follow and them scrutinizing you because they're not doing their part on and you're obviously saying that you know you you showed up you tried to be there and be like hey how can I grow and they weren't giving you the opportunity to grow instead they're judging you for it which you know you're what like 20 at this point Mm -hmm. 1920 and in that state, it must have been just an even harder toll on you. Definitely. And, you know, there was a lot of drugs involved. Like some of them would do drugs with some of the other girls and like, just like it got dirty, you know, and like, um, luckily I parted ways with that specific agency, but, um, agents definitely have a power over the models and they use it. They treat us like we're lucky to be there. Like, don't complain because you're the lucky one to even, have access to me. Like I walking into the agency instead of being like, Oh my God, how are you? Like, how's life? They would, you know, don't even look at you. They don't talk to you until they're ready to approach you. Even if the agency isn't even that big of a space, um, you know, it's very much like some of them operate on like, don't speak unless spoken to. Um, And they're the same people preaching about women's, rights and preaching about being a feminist and preaching about 
my body, my roles, even though they're making up the roles for so many of these models. It's to say we're doing one thing and acting another. Exactly. So can you tell me about a time maybe like with a photographer that was pretty hard for you? Yeah. So I had this shoot for uh, my portfolio with this photographer and I was so excited. Um, And I have quite a few, but I'll share one that was specifically about my size. And then the other one that was more like sexual harassment. Um, But he, I showed up and he was like, wow, I usually don't shoot girls like you. I usually don't work with girls like you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like a size 10 at this point. And he's like, yeah, you're bigger. And (laughs) like, uh, do I not fit into the camera frame? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And then he's like, yeah, no, I just don't, I don't like working with curved girls. I don't really agree with like you guys having the same opportunities as the smaller girls. Was this a male telling you this? Or oh, of course. And yeah. he's like a burly, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, who are yeah. you to make a comment about me? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Just because you have the title photographer. Totally. Give you the right to treat people so horribly. Yeah. Um, how would that make you feel? Like whenever you're just being judged constantly, you know, by the people you're surrounded with by your agents, photographers, you feel, did you ever feel like you were just alone in this? Definitely. Um, I was having panic attacks probably like midway through my career up until I decided to retire um, because you start to feel like, okay, everybody's judging me. Even like when you have girls nights with your friends, who my friends were also models. Um, it's like, how cute do you look? You know, like I was constantly on edge because like everything amounted to image. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every brand you're wearing and things like that. Yeah. And, and even just like how well kept you are. Um, I was spending hours in the gym multiple times a week, um, just exhausting myself, you know, Sounds like such a mean girl situation of, oh, my pores are too big. I know. <laughs> my nose is too it, long or whatever. It, it's true, though. Like, it seeing pictures of yourself, like, it does sound bratty probably to hear if you're not, if you haven't experienced this, like, firsthand. But, like, seeing pictures of yourself and then having people, like, go through them. Like, I, I would be at work and, like, they'd take a picture of me, then they would like zoom in on my like ass or like my thigh (laughs) and there would be like cellulite or like whatever. And then they would just like start Photoshopping it like in front of me. And then I'm like, Oh my God, is that something wrong with me? And then like, it just like gets in your head after time after time. And like, I think unless you've experienced this, it's hard to really imagine like what this can do to you psychologically. Because now I, I think everybody's judging me and the way I look now, even though I'm retired, even though that's not true. Yeah, no, I understand that. Did you ever feel like, you know, with all of this judgment and scrutiny that because of the line you were in, you were selling yourself? Um, yeah, I think I didn't realize to what degree I was up until I got like a little older but yeah I you're pretty much a mannequin you know like you're just another girl on the board that 
you, there might be like five other girls that look very similar to you and that get mistaken for you. Um, so you do begin to kind of just feel like another face or just another mannequin. So, yeah, you feel like you're like selling yourself in a way and, you know, with advertisement and things like that, things like sex sells and in an over-sexualized industry, were you ever in any situations where you were physically abused? No, not in my career, like not in a situation like being on set or anything. Yeah. Um, but I did get like sexually harassed by a photographer and, you know, just making like really, really horrible comments. I was even making like other people feel uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. What kind kind of toll did that have? And just the entire being in that modeling industry, what kind of toll did that have on your mental state? Um, Well, I just became really uninspired. I was having panic attacks. I felt very, very alone, even though I've made some pretty good friends. But it's like, even when you book a job, you know, your friends went up for it too. So it's like, it's not like they're fully happy for you because they wanted that job too. So it's very isolating and you don't really feel like anybody has your back because at the end of the day, they're just judging you and how, like, I can remember taking really good pictures and, and then like going to a party with other models and then them just being like, Oh, those were so good. Like, it's just like the topic of conversation. If it's not your Instagram, that's the topic of conversation. It's like the portfolio photos you just took are like the styling or something to do with image. And yeah, it's just it's, like, it's you the- it's never like uh, there's an off button. It's always work, 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 work like that. And it, and you're the you're the main part of that work. Like the way you look is so. It's yeah. like you never really get get a break. And how did that situation um, make you handle being scrutinized so closely because of like your weight? Um. I think in the beginning of my career, I was very much so eager to make it that I would take any criticism um, and try to do better. But towards the end, I felt so uh, out of body because I had to detach my sense of self and kind of my spirit from my body in order to survive. So I would just see my body as more of what got me money. And I would almost like objectify myself. Um, so that created a huge disconnect, like mind, body, spirit. Yeah. Um, and with that, there was just a lot of, you know, probably changes going on in your life in general, uh, to just have to build on and develop with. So that has to take a toll on everything and not just your mental state, but like your physical health as well. Um, and I know that you've told us about, um, your Lyme disease before, but can you go into a little bit more description of how that directly affected your modeling career? Definitely. I, when I first got diagnosed, my agents were very much like, you know, and it was around the time I got I opened up to them and they were only the few people I did open up to about this, um, about being assaulted in my apartment in New York. Um, so I, I told them both, you know, was I'm that s- by the, the same photographer, correct? 
No, this no. this guy was like a model womanizer. Like he only dated models, like creepy. He was a banker. Um, so this is another situation of your 20 something at this point being harassed multiple times by people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I opened up to my agents about this and they were basically like, you shouldn't move home. I'm so like, I remember one of them coming up to me and saying, I'm so mad at you for moving home and taking a break. Um, don't you want to be strong? Don't you want to just like overcome this? Like, were you in my shoes to know what I had to go through? Exactly. Totally. So it was very, it was even more isolating. Um, but I was able to pull through by completely just like surrendering to my spiritual path. And um, at this point, I still wanted to make it in modeling. So I took the time to recover from the assault and from Lyme disease. And I just got back in the game full, full throttle. So you were going through those situations and it opened up your world to more of a spiritual being. And um, were there ever times that, you know, you got into these meditation practices and how did that help you just go through modeling? How did that boost your mental state and your life in general? Um, In the beginning of my career, when I first moved to New York, um, when I finally got my own place, when I wasn't in that warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) When I was not in the vomit ridden warehouse. (laughs) Um, I felt my guides or my higher self be like, teach yourself how to meditate, go sit on your couch. And I ended up teaching myself how to meditate. I was having like out of body experiences. It was very, I was very much addicted to it because it made me feel so good. Um, I taught myself how to give readings during that time. And it just became like my escape from the industry. But after practicing for so many years, um, and then, you know, the Lyme and the assault was like a full awakening for me. Once again, I've had um, a few awakenings, but that one really did, did a number on me. <laughs> uh, and for sure. Yeah, because I lost my health too, you know, not just my mental health for briefly, you know, it only lasted for, you know, I still struggle to this day, to be honest. Um, But I learned... As do many, but, you know, with that, um, I think it comes, you you build strength from it too. Yeah, and it, what I was going to say is that I think I danced between like, I'm kind of spiritual and meditation is just something I talk about with like two people um, before the assault and the Lyme. And then after the Lyme, it's like the uh, mental trauma from that caused me to rely on my spiritual practice so much that it's like, that's my only option in life. That's, that's my whole life now, you know, it's literally what's healing you. Mm hmm. So what, what was that final, you know, you're starting the spiritual practicing and this is what you need in life. You're seeing that light. It's becoming brighter. And what was that defining moment when you realized, okay, I have had enough. I am done. I am done with this modeling industry. I'm done with fashion. I want a new life for myself. 
Yeah. So I think as I became more evolved and more aligned with my truest self from practicing so much meditation and, you know, plant medicine definitely helps too. I had like this moment last year where it was so like trippy and, and psychedelic. Um, and it might've been from doing psychedelics. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just, (laughs) I'm just like getting the visuals back from like these moments where I would be like, my agents are full of shit. Like I, I could like see through everything they would say. I'm like, they don't give a shit about me. You know, your money, you are literally dollar sign for them. Yeah. I'm like, they are such liars. They just tell us what we want to hear so that we stay, but they don't really care about, you know, some of the things I've been through. Um, they don't care about my health. They just care. Like, when can I work next? And so, um, then I had to get really clear on like, do I really want, if I stay in this career, it's just going to give me the same results. I'm just going to be all about image chasing something. Um, you know, being in an industry that profits off of women's insecurities, um, being in an industry that values, uh, what name brand you're wearing or how many followers you look over, um, you know, human beings pretty much, you know, it's all about status. It's all about image. And I realized I just don't want to be a part of that um, at all. It's not serving humanity. It's not serving the planet at all. It's just, it's keeping us in this toxic cycle, this total like over-sexualizing women, um, abusing the planet. It's horrible for the fashion is just so horrible for the environment. Um, And I, I can't be a part of it anymore. And I think I'm very grateful for the lessons it's given me, but it's also caused me an equal amount, if not more pain, you know, like uh, so, so, so much pain. And that's not even counting just like being away from my, my safe safety net, you know, um, and, you know, I just missed out on a lot of time with my, my family and my nieces that, you know, while I was chasing this, this never ending, um, status dream. Yeah. It was time for a change for sure. Definitely. And so now we have the traveling light and you're, you said goodbye to modeling. You're done with it. Right. Officially. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, retiring has created so much space, uh, energetically for me to just serve others, which is more important to me. That's amazing. And so going forward now, what's next for you? Um, I am fully committed to my coaching program and helping women just overcome their PTSD. Uh, all the women that work with me now, they all are trauma survivors And, um, so I, I basically teach them how to just get back in touch with their body and like their intuition and their own guidance system, because that's where all the intelligence and that's where all the healing and that's where everything you need is, is your body. And I think it's just kind of 
funny because I used to hate my body so much and like getting back in touch with it is what has healed me from the PTSD and from the Lyme and like just knowing what my body needs. I hear that. Um, That's, that's, that's growth there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks. What's one piece of advice that you would give any young girl not necessarily who wants to be in the modeling industry, just any young girl who's being judged in general. A lot of times the people that judge you are so full of suffering and they're, they're so like not aligned with their, their best authentic self. And they're just projecting it onto you. All the people that tore me apart throughout my career are some of the most, I don't want to like put them down, but they need so much light and they were just projecting their darkness onto me. Have to go through all that, knowing that you went through all that. Um, it's tough and damn, that makes your skin so fucking thick. And, you know, if you can go through that bullshit and that hardness and you can go through anything that life has to throw at you. Um, yeah. Like I, I can't even imagine what you went through because what you're like saying is just the tip of things. You're not even like going into full story details. And I can only imagine like how deep and dark it gets and thinking of, all of the young girls and women who are out there and, you know, being, yeah, like here, drink this, you're getting fucked up and they're using you taking pictures and look sexy and this and that. You think you're having fun, but you don't realize it. Totally. Um, I had, I, it went straight over my head for so many years. It's toxic. And like, I'm with you say, like, I didn't know you live with 13 girls Yeah, that, and like, I can't imagine being with like 13, 19 to whatever, 21 year old women at that time. And they're not, it's not like a, I mean, even if you're like in a sorority house, there's still a lot of judgment, but like, this is like that times like a million. Definitely. Um, and it's literally, yeah. Judging your body of, Oh, like I like, you look so skinny. Oh my God, look at you. You look so skinny. Like when in reality, <laughs> like I'm like with Lyme, you didn't want to be losing that weight because, and so you being, I'm sure like you being told skinny or like that you've lost weight. You're like, no, I'm like in pain and I'm Literally. struggling and you don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah. And, um, I just feel like, a lot of people looking into like a model's life, like they're jealous. Yeah. They have no idea. It looks luxurious, but you don't understand the The scrutiny and the, yeah, the price and toll that people have to pay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into my story. It's been a journey. It wasn't always light. It wasn't always love. And I had to do a lot of work to find myself. I had to lose my health and, you know, my sense of self for quite some time to fully embody myself and be the empowered person that I am today.
I had to walk through the valleys of my own mind and spirit and come out on the other end stronger and better and ready to be who my soul came here to be. So my, my hope, my honest, genuine hope for you is that you do the same, that you start looking inwards and connecting with your spirit, with your Holy Spirit and your God and your essence and your higher self every single day and start deriving your worth from that space and not to look to the world to validate you, to define you, not looking to materialistic things or booking that next job for you to feel good about yourself or for you to feel like you matter because you matter without any other gold medal or achievement. Your status or how much money you make or how cool your Instagram looks, all of that is an illusion. All of that is man-made. All of that is this toxic masculine energy that our society is made on. But you are worth so much more than that. You are a spirit having a human experience. So go ahead and enjoy your humanness. But know that the most important parts of you are how deeply you're able to connect with your spirit, how deeply you are able to love others, how deeply you've met yourself, how deeply you nurture yourself so that you can as deeply nurture others. So my wish for you is that you walk as the empowered woman that you are every day. So with so much love and so much gratitude for you, I hope you have a blessed day. I hope you overcome all your obstacles and I will see you on the next podcast.